British Columbia-based mining company Nevson Resources has been accused of the egregious crime of using forced labor at its Bisha mine in Eritrea. Three Eritrean refugees here in Canada have been struggling to bring the company before a Canadian court to answer the charge. But each step of the way, Nevson has pushed back, arguing Canada has no jurisdiction and this case should be heard in an Eritrean court. To talk about the court case and Eritrea's vast system of conscript labour, we are joined by Eritrean activist Dawit Demos on the phone from Toronto. Dawit, thank, uh, welcome back to Amanda. Thanks for having me again. So, two weeks ago, the Supreme Court of Canada was asked to decide if Canadian courts have the jurisdiction to hear civil cases that allege so-called breach of customary international law, in this instance, the use of forced labour, by a private mm -hmm. Canadian firm, in this case, BC-based Nevson Resources. We're still waiting for the ruling on that, but could you just start by outlining for us what the charges are against Nevson Resources? Um, so... What these refugees are um, uh, asking is that they were in the country, in Eritrea, um, they were uh, enslaved, uh, uh, even though now uh, saying that they were not aware of the human rights um, abuse in Eritrea, even though it was widely reported uh, by the UN, by Amnesty International, uh, Human Rights Watch, and other uh, non-government uh, and government uh, organizations. Uh, and so what these refugees are doing is they, they need to, they need a, you know, compensation. They were, in 21st century, uh, they were enslaved by a Canadian company in Eritrea. 300 to 400,000 Eritreans have been enslaved by their own government in Eritrea. Talking about this case because... Dawit, I'm going to interrupt. I think we're going to we're going to hang up and we're going to call you back. The line is not great. We're having a hard time hearing you on this end. So oh, okay. uh, let's just let's give it another go. We're going to go to a little musical break. I'm going to give you a call. Maybe we'll get a better line. Good evening and welcome back to Amanda here on CQT 90.3 FM. So sorry about that. We had a really lousy line with uh, Toronto so, so far away. But anyway, we're joined now again by Dawit Demos, who is an Eritrean activist uh, living now in Toronto. Dawit, sorry. <laughs> let's, let's try this again. Okay. Okay. Um, so without going through everything again, you were starting to talk about, I think, what, from what I understood, that there was kind of no way the company was not aware because it's, it's working in the context of a country that has a vast and well-known system of forced labor. Is that it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, again, so I was saying that we're talking about this single case because uh, a Canadian company, a foreigner company is involved, but... This is an issue, or this is the situation in Eritrea. You know, 300 to 400,000 Eritreans have been enslaved so far since 1994. So uh, it's well documented. Uh, it's been reported by governmental and non-governmental organizations so far. And so what these refugees are asking now, uh, and again, uh, I have to mention that uh, these few refugees are suing the company because they are lucky uh, to be alive and to be uh, outside the country in order to sue uh, resources, but many other who are inside the country who cannot voice, mm -hmm. cannot say anything, uh, are probably also have been uh, enslaved. We don't know, right? So the, the number of refugees who have been enslaved could be more and more. 
And so what these prostitutes are asking us in 21st century, they have been enslaved. So they are asking to be, you know, compensated by uh, national resources. Fair enough. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people are not really aware of this, um, of Eritrea's military national service program, as it's called, which is this this uh, system of conscript labor that's used not just for the military, but apparently in mines and elsewhere. So can you kind of flesh that out for us? How does this system actually work? Sure. Um, I was, uh, in 2005, I was one of these conscripts. Uh, at the age of 18, I, was, uh, I finished 11th grade and I was conscripted to the Army uh, A to uh, finish my 12th grade uh, in a military base uh, under 100% absolute military discipline and military uh, supervision uh, and to uh, finish a military training. Um, and after that, for six months, I've been working for... Um, in an agricultural field uh, that the entire profit of that agricultural field was going to my commando. Hmm. Uh, so that was not to uh, barrel Eritrea or myself or Eritrean people. It was to line my commando's pockets. So when we talk about military, oh, it's, it's not really military. It's a forced labor. It's a slavery-like situation where after a year, we don't engage in any military activities. So Eritrea is not in war with any country. So what happens is you work in agricultural fields of your commanders, like I did for six months in 2006. Um, you work at your commanders' houses. You work at construction companies. You work at mining companies. You work at energy companies. When I say you work at these companies, so these companies are owned by the government, uh, except to say a government. It's not really a government. It doesn't have a governmental structure. It's a one-minded party uh, that's been ruling Eritrea since 1993. And so between the age of whenever you finish high school, it could be 16, 17, 18, until the age of 55, no Eritrean can be free and walk freely or move freely inside Eritrea. Yeah. These people, including men and women, unless women are married and uh, have kids, they're still in the military service, in the national service. So, but, but are you? But when you're saying that it's from between the ages of 18 and 55, are you saying that there are some people who spend their entire working lives from 18 to 55 within the system or somewhere in that period of their lives they are subject to this system? No, from the age of 18 until the age of 55, you're, you're expected to be in the military, in the national service. So the national service started in 1994. So initially, it was expected to be for 18 months, uh, but because of the war that was broke out with Ethiopia uh, again in 1998, this uh, national service extended indefinitely. So the person who went to the national service in 1994, unless he's detained because he or she voiced uh, or refused to do things, so uh, if the person is not dead, if the person uh, left the country, the person is enslaved, is still in the national service since 1994. 
like I said, unless the three options happen, unless the person is arrested, died, or left the country like the half a million Eritreans already left mm-hmm. the country. So, yes, it's been uh, since 1994, it's been 24, 25 years. The person is still under this condition in a very restricted situation where uh, the person is allowed to visit their family once a year for a week or two. Um, they get a salary less than $25 a month. And you have no freedom. You can't ask basic questions about yourself. What am I doing here? Until long will I be here? Why don't I get a chance to go to school? Why don't I, why don't, why don't I have enough salary? You can't ask these basic questions where anyone gets for granted here or in any uh, other democratic country. So that's what the situation is. Like I said, there is no private or public sector in Eritrea. So the companies that we talk, uh, like I mentioned before, the energy construction, telecommunication, mining, transportation, all these companies are owned by the party, by the single party in Eritrea. And apparently, and that there are, apparently there are foreign-owned companies like Nevsen Resources that are also uh, benefiting from this system. It's not just the state apparatus. Exactly. So because the construction, like I said, is owned by the government, and of course the employees are under national service, uh, which we call it national service, like I said, it's a slavery-like situation where you live. And companies like Nelson um, uh, hires these construction companies to uh, do some kind of contract job for them. So these companies are employing enslaving young Eritreans and partnering with Nelson. So indirectly, these people are being enslaved by Nelson itself. Nelson cannot say, we didn't know that these young Eritreans were under national mm-hmm. service. They were enslaved by their own government because that's what the policy is. Uh, the policy of the, the country is, and it's widely reported, like, how can you... How can we believe that Nelson was not aware of the human rights um, abuse in, in Eritrea? Um, and so, yeah, like you said, these companies are involved in enslaving uh, young Eritreans in 21st century. Must be awfully galling to you that Nevson Resources, every step of the way in the process that's going on here in Canada, keeps claiming and insisting that the only jurisdiction that should be allowed to hear this case is back in Eritrea. And so the reason that National Resources is saying that because they know that there is no independent judiciary court in Eritrea. There is no way that these people will get justice in Eritrea. There is no way that a government, a country that's enslaving its citizens, will give them a chance to take their case to court. Uh, this, is, this is impossible. To me, as an Eritrean who has been there, who knows the system, this is insulting. This is a joke to me, and this is insulting to say that, you know, uh, this case can be heard in an Eritrean court. There is no court in Eritrea. If there was a court in Eritrea, an independent uh, judicially court in Eritrea, 300,000, 400,000 Eritreans would not have been enslaved by their own government. And so Nelson knows very well this, but Nelson is saying that because they care about their interests, their money, than humanity. Like, how this is, 
to any ordinary person to listen to this, this is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, how much corporations are blinded about humanity and just caring about their interests. There's one of the biggest stories coming out of, uh, well, certainly the Horn of Africa, but really all of the continent of Africa last year was the uh, rapprochement between Ethiopia and Eritrea, essentially ending decades of enmity between the two countries, seeing the border reopened, families reunited, and just like a lot of excitement and optimism that there's the possibility now for some real change do you think there's any chance that this new open space and a demilitarized relationship between the two countries will lead to either dismantling or at least dialing back Eritrea's military service program? Once the news broke out, I was, you know, I was the one, I, like many Eritreans, like many people in the Horn of Africa, I was hopeful, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know how evil the Eritrean government is, and uh, technically, any peace is not for the benefit of the Eritrean government. The government has been involved in crimes against humanity, will not be free, you know, even if it lets the country to peace. Uh, but there is a price that the, uh, the government and its um, agents has to pay. And so, but... You never know. So yeah, I was one of the hopeful uh, people, but it's been already six, seven months, eight months. Like we, we did not hear anything. So Ethiopians are, um, you know, traveling to Eritrea to Red Sea to enjoy, to have life, to do business, and Eritreans are running away to refugee camps in mm-hmm. Ethiopia. And so, if there was hope, if there was a really practical change in Eritrea, Eritreans wouldn't choose to leave in a refugee camp where they get uh, a 15 kilo of wheat, ungraded wheat, and a, hot, a, a bottle of oil and kilo sugar per month from UNHCR. No one would ever hope to get this uh, after running away home. So it's just, this is a political game. Uh, and like we talked about this before, this is a geopolitical influence. I don't believe that the Eritrean government have any intention to, uh, you know, have any reform inside Eritrea. Political prisoners, more than 10,000 political prisoners, including um, parliament members and cabinet ministers, still in underground prisons. We don't know where they are. No one knows where they mm-hmm. are. Indefinite military conscription that we were talking about is still indefinite. Um, and so uh, it's just... Like I said, because the border is open now, many Eritreans are using the opportunity to run away from this horrible situation uh, because even to run away from Eritrea is not uh, easy and safe because the government has a shit-to-kill policy. Uh, and so I am normally optimistic, but I just don't see uh, any change coming out um, from Eritrea soon unless there is a regime change uh, from inside. Hmm. Well, I guess, you know, it's, is there the possibility that you're given the long shared history and kinship between the two countries and the fact that there is a more fluid border, is there any possibility that the Ethiopian government in some way 
will be able to exert some kind of pressure or that people within Eritrea who are resisting the system will find uh, and be able to build new alliances that will make this change possible now? Like, is the door open a little bit for this? That is, that's one of the hopes that many Eritreans had. You know, people are really, really moved by the uh, new Ethiopian prime minister's mm-hmm. uh, very quick and drastic um, uh, reform within Ethiopia. And uh, many people are hopeful, yeah, like he's young, he's charismatic, uh, he's somehow going to influence the Eritrean government to, um, you know, uh, make some reforms, some change within the country. Uh, some are still hopeful, you know, this is too early, the Ethiopian prime minister probably is working, but I just don't see that. Um, it's government's, uh, it's all about interest, so... For the Ethiopian Prime Minister, for the Ethiopian people, Red Sea is open now. Assad, one of the biggest ports in Eritrea, is open. Masawa, for them, the second biggest uh, port, is open for them. So I guess what Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed cares now is access to the sea and reform within country, but he doesn't seem to care about uh, human rights situation in Eritrea. Mm-hmm. In all the meetings, the meetings that the Prime Minister had with our president and, and other um officials. Refugee issue, 100,000 refugees live in Ethiopia, more than 100,000 Eritrean refugees live in Ethiopia. It was never mentioned, at least publicly never mentioned. The issue of human rights in Eritrea never mentioned. And so I, it's, it's, it's un, unfortunate that even the Ethiopian prime minister seems to care about um, his interests. And um, I guess it's up to Eritreans to change these situations. Not Ethiopian Prime Minister and definitely not the UN or the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that you know, a while ago uh, the Eritrean government or the Eritrean president had only one friend, which is Qatar. Uh, but now because the Eritrean government is a very active agent in the uh, war in Yemen, um, uh, the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, and in fact the United States are behind this regime. So he's rich. He's, uh, yeah. uh, there's diplomatic relations now. Uh, there's uh, the United Nations Human Rights Council. It's like troubling to hear that uh, Eritrea got a seat or, or somehow the United Nations is praising Eritrea uh, it's, I, I just don't see it's up to young Eritreans to think about how to change this yeah. regime, but it doesn't seem to have any change while the regime is in power. Yeah. Okay, well, let's briefly shift our focus back to Canada. Um, as you know, Canada does not exactly have a stellar history when it comes to holding its mining interests accountable for human rights or environmental abuses committed overseas. And in fact, the position of a mining ombudsperson created by the Trudeau government a year ago is still unfilled. So it's a tough road to hoe taking a Canadian mining company to court in this country. What do you think? I mean, is this, is this an effective strategy, trying to get Nevson before the courts here in Canada? I mean, it's, this is definitely up to the Canadian court uh, to decide, but uh, if somehow this case falls to the hands of the Eritrean government, these people will never, ever 
get justice and it's not safe for these refugees. Um, and uh, like I said, some of these refugees, they don't even live, they still live in fear. They are not safe yet uh, in other countries mm-hmm. besides the ones or in Canada. Uh, and so this is not about a Canadian court passing judgment on an act of the foreign state. This is, like I said, I guess passing judgment on the Eritrean state is up to Eritreans, I guess. But what's happening here is a Canadian court holding a Canadian mining company accountable on its involvement in, la- in, in, in slave labor. So, mm-hmm. And like I said, this there is no way that this case can be heard in Eritrea because independent judiciary system in Eritrea does not exist. Um, so circumstances doesn't really allow uh, this case to be heard anywhere else, if not in Canada. Um, and and this is this decision will determine many other decisions, similar decisions, similar incidents that's happening, uh, whether in Eritrea or anywhere else. So I guess this is, I know it's a, a tough decision, but um, I really hope the Canadian, the Canadian uh, Supreme Court um, takes this case, allows this case to be heard in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, the Eritrean refugees will be punished twice, once by their own government in their home country, of being enslaved, and now, I guess, by Canada. Yeah. Do we have, the Supreme Court does not decide in favor of them. Do we have any idea on the timeline how long uh, it, it, it will take for the Supreme Court to uh, hand down its ruling on this, if the case can be heard or not? Um, at, at this point, we don't know when the Supreme Court will uh, be sufficient. Um, it's, yeah, I guess we're just waiting. Okay, Dewitt, well, I guess that means that you and I will be talking somewhere down the road, hopefully sooner rather than later. I hope so. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on Amandla. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Appreciate it.